Friends, Christmas, it seems to me, is all about God's desire for union with us. It's all about how far God's willing to go in order to be united with his beloved children. And the remarkable thing about the Christmas story is God chooses as the vehicle of showing us this union. He chooses as the way this comes about a little baby. Now, if you've been around here a while, you know how much I absolutely love babies. So if there's babies at church, there's not really any babies here today. A lot of babies at the 4.30 yesterday, so it was great. Brooks is about the youngest we got here today, so he had to bring up Jesus. Um, but I love babies, and I think uh, a part of that was when I was 15, my parents uh, adopted four-month-old uh, twin boys, and they were at the 4.30 Mass yesterday. So I made them stand, just so everyone realized they were very cute at four months, but they are no longer cute at 24. <laughs> Though their girlfriends uh, think they are, I guess. But uh, they were very cute at four months old. And so I grew up sort of in my formative teenage years sort of helping the family take care of two little babies. And so I grew this fondness of babies. Now, in our house, we have this saying with a cute baby. Okay. It's, I just want to eat you up. Have you ever heard this? Like when you're so overwhelmed by the cuteness of a baby, you just say, I just want to eat you up, right? And you start to kiss the baby and, and grab its cheeks. And, and so I, I don't know, I thought we were just weird, which maybe we are. We are a weird family. But then, so I just kind of do this with babies, but I, but then I was reading, interestingly, like in 2017, I'm reading the New York Times, and I come across this article by this Yale social psychologist at Yale. I just said that, at Yale. And she studies what's called, what she calls, cuteness aggression. And she describes this phenomenon whereby in the face of something that's really adorable, we actually well up with a kind of aggressive uh, emotion. And so the way she did experiments with this, which was really interesting, is she gave uh, participants um, bubble wrap. And then she would show them a variety of images, like the image of a kitten, and then the image of an adult cat, and then the image of a baby, and then the image of an adult human. And she found that consistently, humans crushed more of the holes in that bubble wrap when you showed them the image of the kitten or the baby. And she's labeled this cuteness aggression, that we're so overwhelmed with cuteness. And she, she attributes it to something nurturing in our nature that sort of evolved, that we want to protect that which we want to nurture. Anyway, that, that's how I want to get to my Christmas homily. Isn't that quite a setup here? <laughs> I want to mention, and, and maybe I've mentioned this before, but the incredible Eucharistic overtones in the Christmas story. Think about the fact that Jesus is laid in a manger. He's laid in a manger, which in Latin means, right, to chew. It comes from the Latin word to chew. It's the place where the animals would feed. Right? So it's named after, it's a feeding trough. And that's where Jesus, that's where God becomes flesh in the world, is in a feeding trough. A manger. 
Think of uh, where he's born in Bethlehem. It's the Hebrew, in Hebrew means the house of bread. Right? The incredible symbolism that the one who will become bread for us in the Eucharist is born in the city that's named the house of bread. Think of the manner in which he comes in the incarnation. He comes as a baby. He could have come as a, uh, as a, a military leader or a king or something powerful. He comes as a little child, small, humble, unassuming, under the radar. Right? No one expects it. And then he comes in the same way in the Eucharist. Small, humble, unassuming. Could miss it. Little piece of bread. I can miss it. Unexpected. Right? The incredible Eucharistic overtones. And so, friends, my first reflection for this Christmas Mass is that we should see every time we gather in this house of bread, we should see it as a little Christmas. There's just no reason we have to see Christmas as once a year. I love Christmas, so I want it all year round. Not Christmas music at stores, but everything else about Christmas. Right? Every... Every time we receive Holy Communion, it's a little Christmas because Jesus is becoming incarnate in us in the same form, in, in a little, humble, unassuming, unexpected manner. Right? One of the coolest, one of the coolest uh, experiences I had when I was in uh, the Holy Land, and uh, I'm, I'm going to take about, uh, about 38, 40 students there in, in May, and I can't wait for this, but we were in Nazareth. Uh, at the alleged place of Mary and Joseph's house, right? <clears throat> and uh, there's an altar built over the alleged site of the Annunciation. Okay, now, whether it was there mile down the road, we don't know, right? But the alleged site. And on this is the Latin of, of the gospel today. I know you were all hoping to hear like the normal Christmas story, but I picked the kind of the boring one. Uh, John's account. But he has that one crazy line in there, John 1, 14. And the word became flesh. And in Latin, it's uh, et verbum caro factum est. And the word became flesh. But on this altar in Nazareth, where it's believed that when Mary said yes to Gabriel, Jesus took form in the womb of Mary. It, said, it adds a Latin word. It says, et verbum caro hic, H-I-C, factum est. And the word became flesh here crazy. I, I broke down. I, luckily, I knew Latin. So I was like, I knew what that word meant. Hick. Here. The word became flesh here. And I was thinking, in a few moments, in about, if I ever end this homily, in about 20 minutes, we could, we could engrave that here on this altar. Et verbum caro hic factum est. And the word became flesh here. Because that's what the Eucharist is. It's the continuation of the Christmas story in which Jesus, who came as a baby in a small, unassuming manner, laid in a manger, a feeding trough, in the house of bread, Bethlehem, comes anew into this house of bread on, in this manger to feed us in a small and unassuming manner. The second uh, food metaphor you could tell I was really hungry when I wrote this Christmas homily, you know. But when I was uh, graduating college around the time, a big best-selling book came out called Diet Book. 
you are what you eat. You are what you eat. And there have been a lot of books uh, since. And so the, the whole idea, right, is that what we put into our body uh, makes up the constitution of our body, right? It's, a, it's an invitation to eat healthier. You are what you eat. But I remember when I saw that, and I was kind of studying theology at the time, I said, they stole this. This should be plagiarism of the author from St. Augustine. You know? Because Augustine, in that famous Easter homily that's very close to me here as pastor of Corpus Christi, um, which so I quote it often, right? He says, when you receive Corpus Christi, Augustine says, you are called to become Corpus Christi. When you receive the body of Christ, you're called to become the body of Christ. You are what you eat. And so as we receive in this little Christmas the body of Christ, we're called to take on a life that's modeled after what Jesus and did for us in Christmas, which is we're called to take on the simplicity, the humility, the unassuming manner, the generous, the generous love that the Christmas story embodies. Sometimes, I don't know, I worry that Christmas becomes too romanticized for us. Right? And we just come here every year. Right? We come here every year, and we can't necessarily say that we've grown in any of the areas that the Christmas story is meant to call us to in the past year. Like, I was thinking about that this week. Am I more humble than I was in December of, of 21? I don't know. Am I more simple? Not in a bad way, in a derogatory way, but am I, do I live a life of simplicity more than I did last year, right? All the elements of the Christmas story that God shows us in becoming a man in that form, as a baby, right, in that way, are we truly living that? Are we putting in the work, right, in the year to live out the Christmas spirit? Or else it just becomes a car at this, this season that we celebrate. My final challenge today is um, that the manger is not the end of the story. I, I don't know if you've heard that uh, Mariah Carey song, A Grown-Up Christmas List. You guys ever heard this? It's Mariah Carey. It's a, it's a nice little song. She talks about how as a little girl, she, what was on her Christmas list, and then what's on her Christmas list as an adult woman, and how much that's changed, right? Her grown-up Christmas list. We need to live a grown-up Christmas life. Right? We need to embody the spirit of the first Christmas in living a life, right? Because as adorable as babies are, there is nothing worse in the world than an adult baby. Nothing worse than an adult who acts like a baby, okay? Babies are supposed to act like babies, but adults are not supposed to act like babies, right? We, we're, we're called to move past the manger, right? One of my, uh, I took a picture this week that was from the manger here up to the, the tapestry, and my reflection was from the wood of the manger to the wood of the cross, right? That's the trajectory of the Christian life the trajectory of the drama of our salvation, right? Part one inaugurates today. 
part two come back in about four months, right? But that's the, the drama of, of, of the Christian uh, story, but it's the drama of our trajectory in living the Christian life as well. And so to live that grown-up Christmas life. So friends, um, there's no uh, babies here for me to eat up uh, this morning. But the incredible gift of a God who wants to be united with us so much that he's willing to come in all sorts of forms. But in Christmas as a little child, humble, unassuming, under the radar, unexpected. That same God comes in the same way in the Eucharist, which we celebrate a little Christmas every year. But then we're called not just to receive uh, his body for us. We're called to receive it so that we can live that Christmas spirit.